Hello, hello, and welcome to the Gut Health Gladiator podcast. This is your host, Cassie Woods. All right, guys, let's jump right into it. What I am coming at you with today is the Microbiome Masterclass. This is just going to be a quick little series giving you a rundown of what exactly the microbiome is, how it works, why it's important, um, and, and just all kind of the basics from a layman standpoint. Okay, so in many ways, the best way to describe the microbiome is to begin with a simple question, what are we? If you'd answer human to this question, you'd partially be correct. But in fact, actually, you guys, only 10% of the cells in our body are actually um, human cells, which is kind of crazy. So what exactly is the microbiome? Um, it's defined as a collection of microbes or microorganisms that inhabit an environment, creating a sort of a mini ecosystem. Our human microbiome is made up of community communities of symbiotic, commensal, and pathogenic bacteria, along with uh, fungi, viruses, uh, different things like that, all of which call our bodies home. Communities exist in unique, complementary blends and inhabit everything from our skin and genitals to our mouth and eyes, and of course, our intestines, our GI tract. The clusters of bacteria from different regions of the body are variously known as microbiota, including your skin microbiota, oral microbiota, vaginal microbiota, and our gut microbiota, also known as our gut flora. Some of these bacteria are simply along for the ride, while others, the symbiotic bacteria, offer a mutually beneficial relationship. Although in much smaller numbers, there are also pathogens lurking. These are disease-causing opportunistic microbes, okay? Pathogens, however, do not always cause disease, and some, in fact, have beneficial side effects. What scientists have recently come to understand is that the makeup and overall health of your microbiome as a whole determines whether pathogens in the gut coexist peacefully or cause disease. That's a really important point um, to, to kind of to hit on again there is that pathogenic bacteria is not, the goal uh, for a healthy microbiome is not to have, you know, 100% healthy, you know, symbiotic beneficial bacteria. The pathogenic bacteria in the right doses serves a purpose. And so the overall health of the microbiome as a whole so basically the balance of that ecosystem determines whether those pathogens in the gut are coexisting peacefully or causing disease. It is only now through the groundbreaking works of those such as uh, David Relman and the Human Microbiome Project that we're finally aware of just how expansive our microbiota really is and that we still have only barely scratched the surface. Less than 10 years ago, the species of bacteria that scientists had discovered as indigenous cohabitants of the human body numbered only 200. Less than two years, 10 years ago, only 200 were, were identified. Now researchers estimate that more than 10,000 different microbial species occupy our microbiome. Kind of crazy. Starting, okay, so how does it work? How does the microbiome work? So starting with our immune system, our microbiome establishes the parameters in which our bodies judge whether or not something is friend or foe. 
It maintains harmony, balance, and order amongst its own communities, ensuring that opportunistic pathogens are kept to a minimum, while also keeping the host system from attacking itself. Very important. It is our first, second, and third line of defense, starting with our skin, then our mucous membranes, and finally our gut, providing a living barrier that is able to be modified and transformed to suit individual needs in unique environments. Our gut microbiota is fundamental to the breakdown and absorption of nutrients. Super important, you guys. Without it, the majority of our food intake would not only be indigestible, but we would not be capable of extracting the critical nutritional compounds needed to function. Our symbiotic cohorts not only provide this service, but also secrete beneficial chemicals as a natural part of their metabolic cycle. We'll talk about this um, in another in another episode, but I just want to really hit on those points again, that our, our microbiota is our first, second, and third line of defense. We have bacteria present, you know, ecosystems present on our skin, in our mucous membranes, and in our gut. And each of those, you know, different communities serve a different purpose, uh, you know, to help our immune system function, to help our body function, all of those things. And then also understanding that that gut flora, that gut bacteria is key. It is essential for nutrient absorption and the, the proper breakdown of our food. So if we don't have, you know, that, that good, healthy, uh, beneficial and, and just robust high diversity, uh, ecosystem with our gut bacteria, then it is very likely that we are not properly, uh, breaking down the food that we're eating and just plain and simple, unable to absorb the nutrients from the food that we're eating. So I just wanted to touch on those again. Okay, so where does this microbiome, this bacteria, where does it come from? As infants, we and our guts come into this world as a blank slate of sorts, awaiting our first contact with the microscopic organisms which surround us. Our first exposure via the birth canal, followed by a gut-nurturing concoction of mother's milk, is nature's way of establishing the foundation on which we will build our microbiome. Familial, dietary, and environmental exposure throughout our developing years cultivates an ecosystem which play a starring role in the determination of our health for a lifetime. So you can think back on your childhood, you know, were you born uh, via C-section or was it a vaginal birth? Because that is, uh, you know, it matters and that, that determines what your initial, you know, bacteria exposure was. Um, were you formula fed or were you nursed, you know, because that matters. Um, what types of things, you know, what, what was the uh, family around you? What were they like in, in terms of health and sanitation and all of those kinds of things? Was everything constantly hand sanitizers and Lysol and bleach and killing all of the bacteria around you? Um, dietary, did you grow up eating a highly processed diet or more of a whole foods rich diet? All of those kinds of things play a role in developing that healthy microbiome and, um, you know, that diverse, high diversity ecosystem or, you know, low diversity, depending on the circumstances um, as we are developing. We're literally, literally a product of our own environment. In fact, every time you kiss someone, every time you pet an animal, each time you eat a meal or apply a cosmetic, you are affecting the composition of your microbiome. 
Okay, so why is it important? Why, why does it matter? Why does this microbiome matter? Antibiotics and an obsession to sterilize our environments have resulted in a significant rise in gut-related illnesses and pressure on the medical community to finally explore this long-ignored aspect of biology. Research has uncovered an intricate web connecting our gut flora to virtually every process in our body. As such, imbalances in our microbial communities have been implicated in countless health issues, including immune health, psychological well-being, and some of the deepest chronic health issues of our time. This is no joke, you guys. The scientific communities right now are, are heavily studying the microbiome and what they're understanding. It's honestly a paradigm shift in the way we look at medicine right now and illness, you know, and all of these things. Um, and, and what they're, what they're determining, what they're finding is that our gut flora is, has, plays a role in virtually every single process in our body. And this is new science. So I'm sure as the years, you know, uh, go on and, and more scientific study is done, they're just going to keep finding more of a link and more of a link and more of a link. Um, so in fact, research, uh, surrounding one such connection coined the gut brain access has the potential to revolutionize the way psychologists worldwide support mental and emotional well-being. So two areas that are being heavily studied right now within the microbiome is uh, mental health, mental wellness, um, and uh, obesity. So weight loss, dietary, di different things like that. Um, and so they're finding out some really, really interesting things in both of those areas and how the two are connected. Um, so it's very interesting. Techniques and methods on how to manipulate one, one's microbiome have begun to flood medical literature. Trading gut bacteria has become the latest focus for therapeutic treatments being successfully utilized as a means to treat antibiotic-resistant uh, infections such as C. diff and going as far as being considered a potential means of treating obesity. So just like I was just saying, um, studies on the human microbiome have been hailed as the new frontier of medicine um, and it's a, it's a big deal right now. And in, in the next 10 to 20 years, uh, it's likely that they will be considered, you know, the new antibiotics. Okay, so now we are going to switch gears and talk just briefly about symbiosis versus dysbiosis and what that means and what that means for you. So when the body and those pounds of non-human microbes living inside our guts and the gut microbiome are in harmony, so when all of those 100 trillion different uh, bacteria are in our uh, gut and they're happy and everyone is, you know, getting along and all of the things, we are in symbiosis, a balanced, mutually beneficial relationship between us and those several hundred species of uh, alien bugs. The gut, brain, and the rest of the body are in balance. Um, they're in health and we're free from disease. So if we're in symbiosis. In return for that pleasant home, the friendly organisms in our gut, often referred to uh, as our friends, allow us to thrive. So if we're in symbiosis and we have an abundance of that healthy, beneficial bacteria, here's some of the things that that, benef that beneficial bacteria does for us. Um, so it absorbs and assimilates nutrients from the foods that we eat. Uh, produces important biological chemicals like serotonin and dopamine needed for brain function and a lot of other functions within in our systems. Um, synthesizing vitamins, producing energy, protecting us from carcinogenic and otherwise harmful chemicals, detoxifying the body, inhibiting and killing off harmful bacteria and other nasty bugs, maintaining a healthy immune system, 
providing a protective coating to the bowel walls, uh, promoting a normal peristaltic action in the bowels to keep us regular. So kind of moving things along. If we have that nice, healthy, beneficial bacteria, then we uh, typically have good digestion. Um, so those are some of the things, and there's a lot more uh, that our bacteria is responsible, but that's just a simple little rundown. Um, but at, but when, as happens too often, the harmonious relationship between the body and the large colony of bacteria, yeasts, viruses, parasites, etc., living in our gut becomes out of balance. So we get more of that pathogenic, the yeast, the parasites, the viruses, those things that are in there that that can do us harm when they kind of uh, end up being dominant, right, then that pushes us into what we call dysbiosis, which is a disruption or skewing of the constant two-way communication between the gut and the body. So the gut and the brain um, have a, have a bi-directional communication system back and forth. And so depending on whether we are in symbiosis or dysbiosis, you know, that that is going to determine the communication that is coming from the gut to the brain. So very important. Pathogenic bacteria, fungi, or parasites can easily prolifer proliferate, throwing the system out of balance. When the imbalance crosses a certain threshold, the body initiates disease conditions. Okay, so I'm going to say that again. When the threshold uh, when the pathogenic bacteria, fungi, parasites, uh, when they prolifer proliferate and cross a certain threshold, the body initiates disease conditions. And what is that going to look like? So dysbiosis results um, from many causes, including uh, antibiotics. Okay. So antibiotics, um, medications uh, that, okay, so antibiotics, different medications and things like that, a poor nutrient deficient diet, uh, GMOs are, you know, linked to um, low diversity, the body's pH becoming too acidic is linked to low diversity, um, infants being born via C-section is linked to low diversity, infant formula instead of breast milk has an impact. Uh, prolonged stress, chronic illness, uh, birth control pills, and a hormonal replacement therapy. Those two are big ones um, in uh, yeast overgrowth and just the pathogenic bacteria overgrowth. Um, chemotherapy, again, other pharmaceuticals, uh, carcinogens in food, the environment, cosmetics, uh, things in um, water, you know, like chlorine and fluoride and water are big disruptors um, in the gut and and contribute to low diversity, which can be um, also known as uh, dysbiosis. If you are, are past that threshold and you are experiencing some of those symptoms. So um, clinical studies have found that um, patients suffering from IBS and other cr chronic illnesses. So remember when, uh, when the body is it crossed over into that certain threshold, you know, crossed over that threshold um, with the pathogenic bacteria, viruses, yeast, all of those kinds of things, then the, the body initiates uh, disease, you know, state um, symptoms. So one thing that clinical studies have found right now um, with the microbiome is that patients suffering from IBS and other chronic illnesses are almost always low almost always low in uh, bifidobacteria bacteria and lactobacilli. 
Um, clinical studies have also found that bad strains of gut bacteria, such as Campylobacter jujuni, Salmonella enterica, Enterococcus facium, and Clostridium, which are responsible for sugar uh, and processed food cravings. So another one, int an interesting thing there. So um, an abundance of those types of, you know, more pathogenic, quote unquote, bad bacteria are responsible for the processed food um, and sugar cravings um, that sometimes we experience. And a lot of times if you are in a place of dysbiosis, then that is some of the symptoms that you are going to um, end up having. So if you're in dysbiosis, then, you know, you, you are likely to be having more of the, <clears throat> more of the um, uh, sugar cravings, processed food cravings, um, you know, chronic inflammation, weak immune system, um, you know, digestive issues is definitely a, a sign of, um, you know, either leaky gut or, or just straight up, uh, you know, dysbiosis. So frequent gas, bloating, belching, loose stools, diarrhea, constipation, acid reflux, uh, and anything else that falls under the um, IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, or ir irritable bowel disease would be the more extreme version of that. So um, any of those kinds of things are, are, you know, signs that you are out of balance within your microbiome. Um, anxiety, depression, low mood, um, low stress resilience, um, brain fog, uh, inability to concentrate, all of those kinds of things are linked um, to dysbiosis. So to a disruption and an imbalance in that microbiome. Um, so joint pain, uh, low energy, chronic fatigue, um, diagnosis of an autoimmune condi condition, anything like um, Hashimoto's, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, they're finding a link even with diabetes um, and the microbiome, allergies and food sensitivities, uh, chronic yeast or fungal infections, um, halitosis, so like chronic bad breath is another one that is considered to be a um, symptom of dysbiosis. So all of those kinds of things, if that's something that you're experiencing, we talked a little bit about what the microbiome is, and you can kind of look back and think, I'm going to give you another little list of potential causes for gut dysbiosis. You can think, do any of these things apply to you? Do any of these symptoms apply to you? And if yes, and if yes, then a great place to start is looking at how can we get that microbiome back in balance? How can we encourage high diversity? How can we get that pathogenic, the yeast, the fungi, the, the parasites, you know, under control and kind of backed down uh, to, to the healthy levels and really in, increase and encourage that healthy beneficial bacteria um, that, that's going to help us feel good and get back to that place of um, symbiosis. So Again, a couple of causes for gut dysbiosis, frequent antibiotic use, um, excessive alcohol consumption, frequent use of antacids, um, chronic stress. This can be physical stress. This can be psychological stress. This can be environmental stress. Just chronic stress for uh, long periods of time um, can very much impact and disrupt what's going on with our microbiome. Uh, previous bacterial or parasitic uh, GI infections like in E. coli, salmonella, parasites, anything like that. Um, a diet high in refined sugar, processed foods, hydrogenated fats, and trans fats. A low fiber diet. 
um, and even environmental toxi toxins such as like pesticides, herbicides, uh, different things like that. So that is that. Um, I think that's a pretty good little uh, basic layman terms rundown of what the microbiome is, why it's important, um, and, and why if, if we're experiencing some of these symptoms of dysbiosis, you know, why the microbiome is a great place to start and look at and, um, you know, kind of work towards getting to that place of high diversity and symbiosis. So I hope you guys enjoyed this and I can't wait to chat again.